Hey everyone, welcome back to the Blue Collar Chaplain Podcast. My name is Chaplain Tyler Eggleston, and here with me as always is my beautiful wife Amanda. Hey friends, hope everybody's had a good past two weeks. If you didn't hear on our last episode, we're going to be doing them bi-weekly now. So again, I hope everybody's had a good, fun, safe past two weeks. I know our past two weeks have been pretty busy, um, but full of full of adventures and just different things. Mm-hmm. That was some introduction there. What do you mean? Yeah, what you know what I mean. <laughs> Anywho. Yeah, it's still uh, we're getting used to doing bi-weekly episodes it feels like forever since the last one we yeah. did yeah you know, actually i almost forgot today but i had to remind him like this you know, sure. always. <laughs> yeah. so i just want to say thank you to everyone um who has purchased uh my new book sexually sick um that was i know that uh, uh i had officially announced it in our last episode um and that has been doing really well I just want to say thank you to everyone for all the support. And a big shout out and thank you to Pastor Joel, our pastor, uh, for doing the foreword on our book or my book. He did an amazing job with it, and uh, I feel like I should have just co-authored the book with him because <laughs> I was like, "Gosh, darn." You know, but you're always harder on yourself, right, than everyone well, else. Well, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And as me, an outsider looking in, like, you, you're so hard on yourself. Like, the book was amazing. Like, to God be the glory. He put it in you. He's going to get it to the people who need it. And, you know, like I said, you, yeah. I'm proud of you. You did an amazing job. Well, thank you. So, yeah, and that's uh, that's available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Um, and I am so excited to announce that today, actually, um, AFK Books in Virginia Beach will be carrying the paperback version in their stores. So uh, it's probably going to be a, right at the beginning of August that that will be available. But, um, yes sexually sick will be available at afk books so go get you one that's gonna be awesome <laughs> yeah so today is the first kind of second episode in the sexually sick series if you didn't catch last week's episode um we're doing a three-part series called sexually sick um and it's not just a big promotional series for my book, but um, we're going to be covering a lot of different topics specifically on each episode. And the the fourth episode, which was already put out, Sexually Transmitted Demons, is a part of this Sexually Sick series. So today what we're talking about uh, in specifics, in details, is the pornography industry. Diving in deep to all the deep, dark underworld of that and what people think is so innocent and so normal about pornography. So to start it off, um, and if for the people who, who have read my book or have uh, looked into it, I you, you've already seen this before, but for the people listening that don't know, globally... The pornography industry is a $97 billion industry. 
Right, and that's um, I don't really like. I'm not going to claim to be an e-commerce expert or anything like that, but every industry, every company has a global uh net worth, so to speak, right? And like you know, and but with us being, I guess the top dog when it comes to the dollar, we you know set that global standard. But anyways. So, you know, Amazon, all of them have global net worths. So, $97 billion industry worldwide, globally, is what the pornography industry is worth. And America's share, so every country, because of porn being the kind of industry and business it is, every country literally would have a share in the global market, in that global pool of what they are contributing to that $97 million. Obviously, with us being in America, that's what we're going to focus on. And America's share of that global industry pool is 10 to $12 billion is, is what we spend and contribute a year in the pornography industry. And like if that hasn't like alarmed anyone or kind of just like shocked anyone, to put it in a better perspective, you could take the NFL and the MLB, put them together, sell it as one franchise and it's still not worth more than America's share of porn. Yeah, I mean, not that's crazy. 12 million. We're talking 12 billion with a B. I mean, you know, I know NASCAR is nowhere near the sport it used to be, and it doesn't touch the NFL and stuff like that. But, like, to put more things into perspective, like, it costs about 150000 to uh, build a, a race car, a NASCAR car, even with the newest car they just came out with. A NASCAR charter. I think it goes, I mean, that varies depending on who's selling it, but like just putting some numbers into perspective here on how big and evil this is. I'm sorry, did I cut you off? What were you going to say? Oh, no, I was just saying wow at the numbers, you know. And it's, I feel like it's not, it's like one of those things you don't really think about until somebody brings it to your attention and just. Not only America's um, amount, but like the whole worldwide amount, ninety-seven mm. billion dollars. Like yeah. that is just ridiculous. Um, that literally screams a problem yeah. that people have, you know. And like, what can we do about it? Yeah. Right. Well. So, <clears throat> like, clearly we see from Scripture. <clears throat> excuse me from things like Sodom and Gomorrah and stuff like this, that that things like this are going to continue to progressively get worse. And the prophecy in Jeremiah talking about, um, you know, and, until we turn our hearts back towards the Lord, like it, we're pretty much on a never-ending cycle. Yeah. And, and, and I'm pretty much until the world just decided, you know what, we're going to turn our hearts back towards Jesus, which was God's original design, the, the 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 price of porn is going to continue to go up. The global pool is going to continue to get bigger, and that's just 
the heartbreaking truth of it. And, you know, there's so much about the porn industry that, I mean, it's out there, it's readily available, but no one seems to know anything about it. Like, it, 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 it seems like no one... Uh, talks about how much the pornography is industry the industry is worth and how much America share of that is. I mean, it is crazy to think that like people are not constantly talking about how porn globally is ninety seven million dollars. Mm-hmm. Like, like I was saying, yeah. I, I mean, you it's don't just, know it's until somebody crazy. brings it to your attention. Yeah, and. Like, to give out some, like, just real quick statistics with a lot of things that the porn industry don't know, like, people that don't know anything about the porn industry, like, there has been a ton of research that has said that internets would not be where it's at today if it wasn't for the pornography industry. The pornography industry... And, and, and because of that is because of how much bandwidth these porn websites are eating up using and having to buy because, you know, we've all seen it before, right? You know, a, a Super Bowl commercial that told you to go on Facebook and do this. And then what happened? Facebook crashed. Same thing with YouTube. You, you know, apps crashed, stuff like this. And... For the people out there listening who who have viewed pornography, who have been at, who are or have been addicted, you know this should be a wake up call to you. So you've dealt with your apps crashing because there were so many people going to it at one time. There was a Super Bowl commercial uh, just recently. It had the QR code. That had the yeah. QR. I don't remember what it was. I and ain't getting no either. free shout out over here. Um, but it crashed the website when it when they showed that commercial and people started scanning the qr code it crashed the website so now here's the time to be real and humble with yourself when was the last time you got on a porn website and it crashed now you got to understand that start putting the puzzle pieces together america's share is worth 12 billion dollars and globally it's 97 million dollars that is a ton of people I mean, tons. And here's some more to help wrap your brain around what I'm getting at here. Pornhub gets more views. I want to say it's 3 million a month, but it's more than like Netflix, Yahoo, and uh, there was another website, a very popular website. Um, Oh, and Amazon. Yeah, it was Amazon. More views than the biggest, like the industry leaders when it comes to the internet. And when was the last time you were on a porn website and it crashed? I mean, 3 million, I think I think the number I saw was like 3.4 million views per month. I mean, times that by a year. And then break that down into a day. And then how many views is that an hour? Yeah. I mean... Like the the math you could do could go on and on. You could write a book on that specific solely, and that is be and, and and the reason that they say that the internet wouldn't be where it's at today is because 
as cringy and gross as it sounds, like there is websites and apps out there that could learn something from the porn industry. How in the world are you generating thirty four or three three million views a month? Your entire website is videos. You know, so that's that's a huge platform right there. I mean, that's a, that's a big website, and I'm definitely showing my intelligence because I don't, you know, understand all the bandwidth and things like that. But like that many people clicking on that, watching that many videos, and the website doesn't crash. Like that's insane. And honestly, like I truly believe that. The pornography industry would seriously be like they are kind of leading the market behind the scenes, and they wouldn't be leading it behind the scenes if hardcore porn was easier to market. If it was more acceptable to market, you would see billboards everywhere for Pornhub. You would see commercials for Pornhub. Pornhub's already tried to put out commercials, mm. and they wouldn't let them. Um, but I mean, they would be a, a, an industry leader in marketing and advertising and all that because think about it. I mean, Bud Light is like America's number one selling beer and I don't, I don't know the number for sure, but I'm sure they spend a ton on advertising. Mm-hmm. I mean, Anheuser-Busch, you know, between NASCAR and all the other sports that they sponsor and the billboards and commercials, they're the number one selling beer brand. And... Here Pornhub is getting 33 million views a month. $12 million industry in America. And there's no promotion. There's no advertisement. That's because sex sells. Mm -hmm. I mean, pornography is so extremely addicting. So, to like continue with like some other statistics and facts, um... Every year, Pornhub feels that it's appropriate to brag, post, and I guess in a way kind of promote. It's either the top 5, 15, or 20, I don't remember, the most viewed or most searched for porn categories every year. And number one every year is step-sibling or stepson, stepdaughter, stepfather, stepmother, porn. And that's the most viewed, the most searched every single year. And what's really heartbreaking, sad, disgusting, vile is that there's people out there that will defend this fetish defend that it's okay uh i mean make jokes that like oh if she's your sister you're telling me you wouldn't look at her blah, blah, blah things like that if she was your stepsister um and then you even have people out there that'll say things like you know we're not blood related so like how could it be wrong how could it be a sin and like it's in deuteronomy it it, it flat out says it in in deuteronomy so take me a minute well, to find also, it. Well, and also, you see it in movies, too. And it's like oh, the yeah. movies portray it. And it, it 
kind of seems like they make it acceptable. So, oh, well, I've seen it in this movie, so yep. I can do it in real life, too. Which, you know, movies and shows, they, they're always portraying certain things, certain worldly things that are not acceptable um, to do. Yeah, and well, that's another thing, too, is that... Um, the jokes and stuff that it that is made in um maybe 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 I'm wrong maybe it's not in Deuteronomy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, what you looking for? But yeah, yeah, like like you were saying, the movies and shows that um that 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 uh make references to step sibling sexual relations is um doesn't help anything either because yeah. it, it normalizes yeah. those things and like and that's a big thing with the with porn addiction and um and porn in general is it taints and distorts and retrains your mind and rethinks and it, it almost rethinks your uh sexual attractiveness i don't even know if that's a thing i maybe desire yeah there you go like your sexual desires that you know like this is something that i i had struggled with and obviously i won't go into detail um because it's graphic there's no reason to go into detail because we're not trying to trigger people here right that that's not the point freedom is what we're seeking but you know, my story is is like a lot of other people's, it, where it it starts off like, and this is just, I mean, it's not one person's assumption. It's not um, my just one person of uh, one person's opinion. I mean, you can you can read testimonies, listen to listen to sermons on and on about this, and it's the same old song and dance. It starts off, you know, with just casual or what people have now called it vanilla porn just typical intercourse and then it's just like a drug or cigarettes or dip you know when you when you smoke cigarettes or you dip tobacco you get a rush for a little while right maybe that first week or couple of weeks that you you first start smoking or dipping and then it goes away but you best believe the moment you stop, your body is going to freak out and want it again. But see, that's why you continue to smoke or dip. Because you continue to fulfill that craving. Almost before it even comes. But you will never get that same head rush that you get again. And that is the reason why people OD on drugs. Because, you know, they were on speed or cocaine or heroin forever. And then fentanyl came along, and it's like uh, seventy times stronger than heroin. I think is what it, what it is. And then people started overdosing because they're constantly chasing the next high, constantly mm-hmm. chasing and wanting more. And that's what's that's what happens with a pornography addiction. And it starts off vanilla casual. A callus grows, and you know your addiction's kind of already set in. You're like, can't, gosh darn, I need to continue to feed this addiction. 
but I'm not getting the same fulfillment anymore. And then that's when the wonderful world of a million and one porn categories come into play. And I talked about this in my book, Sexually Sick. There's literally a porn category for everything. And what is repulsive to you is the sexual fantasy of your neighbor. And, I mean, really think about that. Like, something that you think is repulsive and disgusting and how in the world could anyone ever get sexual pleasure from that is what the guy across the street is sexually turned on by. And there are some really dark, gross, vile things out there, but that's what ends up happening. And that continues to happen. It does not stop. And, I mean, you you go from one category, you might be there for a year and a half, two years, and then immunity is built up, and then you're searching all over the web again. And that right there in and of itself is a high. Chasing that next video, finding the next turn on. And I'm speaking from literal experience that there is like this high and excitement almost on seeking that next video, trying to find it, trying to find the next high. And it's just, it's never ending. And you're constantly chasing your own tail until the real reality comes in and then... You know, you go out with your friends one night and you, you're all drinking and you, you take the bartender or the waitress home or just a girl you met there and you're into some real deep, dark stuff at this point. And you, even though you've kind of gotten immunity to it, like deep down inside, you know, like I'm not going to tell anybody that I'm turned on by this. So you bring a girl home for one night stand and you're not going to tell her and you're not going to be satisfied with sex. You're not going to truly be satisfied anyways because it's way outside of God's original design and it's premarital sex already. It's going to be 10 times unfulfilling because you're going to retrain your sexual desires to only be turned on by that fetish or that kink that you have created your mind and body to only seek out. And there is a ton of danger in that. Tons. Mm -hmm. I mean, not just for your soul and your place in eternity, but, you know, I mean, even Ted Bundy, in, in the last interview he did before he was executed in Florida, I mean, he talked about literally what we're talking about right now, about how porn is, you're just continuing, Constantly. Constantly <laughs> chasing that next high. And that leads people to do what stuff like what Ted Bundy did. And it feels wild quoting a serial killer, but there was a lot of truth in his interview and in what he said. And aside from murdering people, and even that sounds crazy, what are the what are the, the the things that John Wayne Gacy, Ted Bundy, Jeffrey Dahmer, Richard Ramirez, so on, so on, and so on, all had in common, aside from murdering people. Every single one of them openly confessed to being aggressively addicted to pornography. Now, 
sure, there's a lot of people out there thinking, and hell, even, you know, 10 years or so ago, I would have been like, no way have I ever thought about murdering a woman and then, you know, having sex with her dead corpse because I was not fulfilled with porn anymore. All right. (laughs) Be humble with yourself, right? And you can admit to yourself you never thought that. But there's another serious danger to this because every single pedophile is, has been addicted to pornography. Remember Dateline and the how to catch a, or to catch predator. Every single one of those guys talked about it right there about how they were addicted to porn and how their sexual fantasies and not being fulfilled with porn led them to do that. Right, not making excuses. That's what I'm trying to do. Is trying to bring awareness and. You know what me and you have or have even done with couples before and tried to help bring awareness to how dangerous this really is. Well, and you know, it's crazy because I'm sure certain people think, well, oh, I would never do this. And then like you said, you know, it goes on for years and years and years and then it's not fulfilling anymore. You know, you're not satisfied right. anymore. And then the same person who said I would never do this is thinking about doing said thing. And that's a good point, too. Like, you might be sitting there right now, wandering your brain, thinking, have I ever had a kind of thought like that? Maybe you haven't, but there's people out there that are not only having those thoughts, but there is literal murderers who are convicted, who have been put to death row, that because of this addiction we're talking about right now, led them to do what they're doing. And another thing about the whole Ted Bundy confession... He, he flat out admitted, not that he he even said it in the interview, that he wasn't making an excuse for what he did, but this was in like the late 80s. Porn wasn't even as accessible as it was now. Back then? So, I mean, what, what leads you to believe anyone out there thinking that, if anything, we should be producing more monsters, because of how dark and extreme porn has gotten now. Well, that and how easily accessible it is. Like, if you have a cell phone, you can access it at the drop of a hat. You know, and I feel like that's probably why, you know, the the number of people addicted to porn has increased tremendously since the 80s, you know. That's why the porn industry is... Yeah. Well, we'll have to go research like what it was back then and compare no, it to what right, it is now. Point, yeah. But I'm sure it episode. was it was, you know, a lot back then, but looking at it now, it's even more because of how accessible yeah. it is. Yeah, no, we should we'll look at that and we'll share it in the the next uh episode in the sexually sick series, but mm-hmm. um you know, another thing that like you know, talking about sexual impulses and fantasies that you know and this is a this is a tough tough one to talk about right because we're talking to, we're going to talk about minors and this is this is a hard one to talk about so in a study done with convicted people who who were convicted for child pornography or you know sex with a minor or engaging in sexual acts 
they admitted that the porn they were getting off to, like it was portraying women or the women physically were getting younger and younger and younger. And here's the, the, the big danger in, in, in a lot of like the fantasies and the fetishes we were talking about that, you know, like you said, like shows and movies that make jokes about it. Well, shows and movies um, don't only make jokes about, you know, incest with a step-sibling, but the whole naughty student thing or naughty teacher thing See, from the outside with all the jokes and shows and in movies and the stuff that us construction workers talk about on job sites, from the outside, it just seems like this innocent, like, oh yeah, I want the sexy, you know, teacher or student fantasy or role play. But this is the reality of it. That your mind, the the place that you are going mentally and spiritually, whether you realize it or not, is that sexual fantasy is an underage girl, a high school aged girl taking advantage of her adult teacher. I mean, high school age is what, 17, 16, 17? Mm-hmm. So you you have programmed yourself to be sexually turned on by the thought of a 16-year-old sexually taking advantage of her adult 40-year-old teacher or vice versa. And that is the dangers of even role-playing within a marriage. That you don't escape that just because... You have a wedding ring on your finger and say, oh, well, we're exempt from everything that I'm talking about because we're married. Now, we're going to get into that into a different episode. We're going to say on the pornography subject right here. But the danger in the uh, barely legal porn category, because there is literally a porn category called barely legal, and there is... Video after video of student takes advantage of teacher, cheerleader takes advantage of the football coach. I mean, it goes on and on and on. All these underage, high school-aged girl scenarios. Well, here's the grim, dark, very blunt reality. If that is what you're watching in porn, and if that's what turns you on, you have got to realize the danger that you very well could find yourself in a place like Ted Bundy. Maybe not to the point of kidnapping someone, killing them, and having sex with their dead body. But you very well could find yourself driving past the high school and being extremely tempted to look. And that should scare the living hell out of you. You've also got to understand that porn... Like we talked about, and I really encourage anybody listening to this, if you've not listened to our episode about sexually transmitted demons, definitely a good launching pad for the whole Sexually Sick series. But sexual immorality is such a spiritual stronghold. It is a spiritual gateway 
it is dark and demented. So even if you're still sitting there saying, well, I don't, I'm not turned on by that. That's repulsive. That's disgusting. It's a spiritual door and the devil and demons are going to influence you. So you're not exempt from seeing, you know, a a 16 year old at a pool or a 17 year old at a pool and not being tempted to look at her just because you're not turned on by barely legal porn. It's, it's a spiritual stronghold that is going to turn you into a lust filled monster. And you're just constantly going to crave sex and more sex and more sex and your sexual fantasies are going to continue to get darker, darker and darker. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So, in that time you were talking, I was trying to look up what the porn industry's net worth was back in the 80s. I couldn't find that, but I did find some kind of mind-blowing statistics. It was also something you were talking about earlier, too, about all the math calculations and stuff. So, this is from a... I feel like I was talking really fast, so let me slow down. And this is from a website called enoughisenough.org. Um, it has a lot, I just got on the website and I'm just reading over a few little things. It seems like a reliable website. Um, and it has a lot of good, a lot of good, um, stuff up here. But anyway, so let me read what really caught my eye. It says, and this was from 2006, every second $3,075 is being spent on pornography. 28,258 internet viewers are viewing pornography. This is every second. 372 internet users are typing adult search terms into the search engine. And every 39 minutes, a new pornographic video is being made in the United States. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that's nuts. Yeah. And that's in 2006. Yeah. Like, so just imagine. Like, I don't... Facebook? Facebook wasn't even around yet, I don't think. Yeah, I think... It, I don't I don't know. No, not in 2006. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think... Oh, it, I'm I think pre- MySpace was the thing yeah. back then. Yeah. That's incredible. And then it goes on a little uh, scrolling up. It talks about how um, American children begin consuming hard porn pornography at the average age of 11. Four out of five 16-year-olds regularly (laughs) access pornography online. Regularly. (laughs) Well, there was uh, the, whatchamacallit, for For, the day. For Tony. Yep. (laughs) But... Yeah, see, and, like, there's more numbers that should really bring just, like, an awe moment, like a shocking realization. And, you know, we, we, we've got to, you know, just like Scripture tells us, just like the just like God's holy word tells us, you know, you've, you've got to shed the light in on the darkness, okay? It, it, and it's like this, a little candle... Out in the wind, to, to, to give a good metaphor here, a good vis- visualization, a little candle out in the wind, I mean, it, it's not going to take but the slightest breeze to blow that out, mm-hmm. right? And then it's gone. Fire's out. But 
a bonfire, big, huge bonfire. You set a hundred pallets on fire. That thing is going to roar. It has to take a lot of wind to blow that out. And it might blow out a lot of it, but those embers are still burning hot. Might catch the woods on fire next to it. Right. (laughs) And that's what I'm saying that, you know, you're that little candle right now. And you, until you're ready to to step out and start stoking the 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 fire, build it bigger and bigger. Until you're ready to shed the light in on the darkness, you're going to continue to just get blown out every single time. You know, and like I can I can admit, I mean, as hard as it is for me to continue, you know, to to re not really relive it, but to talk about this stuff, like. To give you a really good example of how aggressive porn works, you know, like I, like I said at the very beginning, like I, I started the same as everyone else. You know, it was casual. It was, I was young. I think I was 12 or 13 the first time I viewed porn. And it started to get more aggressive and more aggressive. And I always thought the, the whole, the excuses with step siblings and stuff like that, I thought it was disgusting. I was like, how in the world? Could anybody be turned on? How could that be a sexual fantasy? Ten years of an aggressive porn addiction, that's exactly where I ended up. I ended up seeking that type of porn, being not only seeking it, but being turned on by it. But here's the thing. If you can train, and that's, and that's what you're doing, if you can train and distort your mind to be focused and, and, and seeking real life scenarios like that. If Jesus can raise from the dead, then and there and they and God can create this entire world. Don't for one minute believe that you're stuck like this forever, because I'm right there with you. I know exactly how dark and how aggressive in the control that porn takes on your soul, your mind, and your spirit. I know it feels like you are you are forever going to be trapped in this. There is a hundred percent hope, one hundred percent hope, and, and and it is found not on this podcast, not in my book. It is found through the life-saving blood, the unfailing love and forgiveness of Jesus Christ. Okay? And as much as this might piss people off, I mean, there is grace and forgiveness for for the, 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 the child predator sitting in prison. There is grace and forgiveness for the, for people like Ted Bundy. There is grace and forgiveness for People like me and people like you who are listening. And before we kind of wind things down, I want to speak on a, a time that I was I was counseling a couple who were battling th- this 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 porn addiction, and I, I was counseling the couple, but it was specifically the boyfriend, and. We had gotten to a point in our counseling where, um, you know, we were speaking on the porn industry and he was telling me how his girlfriend thought it was evil 
and repulsive and disgusting, and he didn't, and he didn't see why there should be a reason to pass judgment on on um, the way some people choose to make their living and their career. And I I hear that a lot, um, things like that. <laughs> and here's the thing: if you know, if Walmart came out as a corporation and said, we support Satanists, we're not selling Bibles anymore, we're only going to sell the Satanic Bible, um, we are fine and totally agree with baby sacrifices and cannibalism. I hope I can speak for every Christian out there and say, we're no longer going to shop at Walmart. Mm -hmm. Even though Bud Light, she's used Bud Light as an example, or Smithfield Packing. We can say, well, I want to go there and buy Smithfield's bacon because Smithfield didn't say that they supported that. Hopefully we're, we're, we're seeing where I'm going here. It doesn't matter. Yes, Smithfield may not have said, hey, we, we love Satan and we want baby sacrifice. Maybe they didn't. But you are still supporting that because you're going to Walmart to buy it. Pornhub has literally had actual rape videos posted to their website. Pornhub had a video of a girl who was underage who got kidnapped. She was stabbed four times and beaten by four men, and when she was unconscious, they raped her. This video still may be on Pornhub. Um, It had been cycled around to a few different uh pornography websites and there was no laws or legislations within the United States to do anything about porn porn hub at all so regardless if you're turned on by abusive rape fetish type porn go on there and click it our podcast has a website I see every single view. I see how long someone's on there. So you might be mad about this episode. You might not like what I'm talking about in this episode, but you like all the other episodes we did. Go on the website, please, because whether you disagree with this or not, you're still going to be supporting this podcast. That's exactly the same thing. If you go on to Pornhub, whether you're looking at that porn or not, you are supporting an actual rape video and Pornhub made money off of off of an innocent woman's literal rape. Her kidnapping, her beating, and her rape. And, I mean, if that does not just churn your stomach and make you sick, I mean, I don't know what will. Mm-hmm. The only thing that I could find that the United States ever investigated into porn was a company called MindGeek. 
MindGeek is the parent owner of five different porn websites. They own Pornhub, Brazzers, RedTube, XVideo, and there's a fifth one. I have it listed in my book. I can't remember right off the top of my head. I guess I should have bought my book up here for reference. <laughs> the And this is the reason that, uh, that the United States looked into MindGeek to see if they were running a porn monopoly. Because MindGeek owned the five biggest and most profitable porn websites. And they were investigating them for controlling the market. If you don't know what a monopoly is, that's what it is. They investigate companies who might be controlling the market and setting the standard for any new business who might come in. So essentially, America and the government was like, hold up. What about the little guy who wants to get into porn? If you're controlling the market and the standard, then we need to make sure you can't do that to make room for the little guy. I mean, this 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 episode could go on and on forever. And... I have an entire chapter titled The Industry in my book. And I, I encourage you, especially if you're struggling, to to pick up a, a copy of that book. It's available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. There's a Kindle version on Amazon and paperback on Amazon and on Barnes & Noble. And again, if you're local in the area, AFK Book in Virginia Beach will have it in a couple of weeks uh, if you're not an online shopper. I'm all about bookstores, so <laughs> I'm with you if you want to go that route. But, I mean, there's just, like, my mind is just full with so much more that I could continue to talk about. But I feel like the point's gotten across, you know. And next week, we're going to be talking uh, very specifically about fetishes and the way that the pornography industry has infiltrated music and the entertainment industry. Um, a lot to discuss there, a part of the Sexually Sick series. Um, and, you know, I'm always available. We as a couple are always available, especially if you're local in the area. Like, don't fight this battle alone. Let us help you get connected to a church or to our church. Um, we don't charge people to counsel them. I, I, that, I feel like that just would be unheard of. Going through with what I went through, I w- could never put a price tag on helping someone through this. So, um, you know, don't read the book alone. I totally encourage people to check it out. Um, I did a little promotion video for the book, and I'll say it on here again. I did it as cheap as possible. Um, I mean, I literally make cents, pennies, royalty for the book, and all of the, all royalties are being donated um, to the book from or any royalties I make from the book are being donated. I don't want money, I don't want fame or glory. To God be the glory on all of it. But I encourage you if you're che- if you're struggling with this addiction, please check out Sexually Sick. Um. And please let me know, I mean, if we could be of any help, you know, help us shine the light in on the darkness and walk with you through this. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, my email is chaplaintyler7 at gmail.com. And, I mean, if you're one of our friends who goes to church with us, you know, like, it is a closed-door policy here. 
Like, you don't confess it to us and then the whole church or everybody knows about it. You know, it's closed doors and we're going to walk with you through it. So please be encouraged. Feel ready to step up if you want to take that next step and get out of how dark this is. So, you know, I hope we were able to really help people start getting the ball rolling on this. I feel like he spit a lot of facts. Tried to. Hopefully it wasn't too much at once. You know, re-listen to it if you have to. Or buy the book if you just want to highlight. Uh, they're literally the <laughs> pretty much. I mean, everything we talked about on here is a reincarnation of exactly what I wrote in my book. So with that, let's go ahead and pray this out. Mm-hmm. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord. Jesus, we just come before you, Lord, and just your majesty, Lord, your, your glory, Jesus, and Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayers, Lord, and saying that, you know, we're worthy enough to come before your throne, God. And I pray, Lord, that we can just continue to just grasp how holy and how real and just begin to just kind of get a glimpse of your beauty and your majesty, Lord. And Jesus, I pray over every single person who's listening. I pray over every single person who bought a copy of the book. Jesus, I pray, Lord that only your name would be glorified. I pray, Lord, that it is never my name glorified. I pray that it is never me who is getting a pat on the back, Jesus. I pray that it is your holy and precious name, Father, that only gets the glory out of any of this. I pray that it is your name that is the only name in the spotlight, Jesus. Lord, my words, without your words backing it, without your spirit backing it, it, Lord, are of nothing, Lord. They are weak. They are hollow. There is no context There is no substance to it, Lord. And Jesus, I pray, Lord, that your spirit would invade the hearts of those listening, the hearts of those reading, Jesus. Lord, that that your spirit would penetrate, Jesus. You would show them there is freedom from this addiction. Jesus, you would show them that there is a way out, and it is through your life-saving blood that you shed for us, Lord, that day that you took the cross from us, Lord. Show them that there is never-ending love and forgiveness, Jesus. It's unfailing, God. We cannot run from it, Jesus. Capture these hearts, Lord. Let your spirit be with them wherever they are, Lord. Wherever these listening ears are listening, Jesus, please, Lord, let your spirit be felt right now, Lord. In your name that I pray, Lord, in the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Lord, in the precious blood that you shed for us. It is in your name that we pray. Amen. Amen.